Welcome to Symptoms of a Creative Mind. I am your host, Zabrana Bastard, writer, musician, traveler, all-around creative type person. The purpose of this podcast is to share snippets of my life. Part of what makes being an adventure seeker so amazing for me is all the interesting people I have met along my travels. So I'm using this platform to introduce you to the ones I know and the ones I'd like to know better. Together, we'll dive headfirst into our passions and the driving force behind them, giving us all a chance to dig a little deeper into what it means to be human. Well, I am Sabrina Bastard, and I would like to welcome you to Symptoms of a Creative Mind in Space! In Space! (laughs) This is episode nine. And my guest today is Jesse Kenneth Cato Williams, and he also has a guest. Can you introduce your guest, Jesse? Yes, my guest is Nikki Savage from the illustrious Randy Savages. Right now, right. Nikki is uh, hanging out with Olive Oil, the cat. Our... She's the real guest of honor. <laughs> she is the light of our lives. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to do something a little bit different. This is going to be the very first episode going uh, visual, which is actually a request that Jesse had made because he wanted to see video. Oh, they're going to gonna the see me? They will see you. Yes, they will see oh everything. Oh my gosh. I would have so, totally put a, I would have put a background on, but who cares? Whatever. It's okay. You can do whatever you want. It's, it's, uh, it's not live. I'm not recording live because I know technical difficulties happen. So... Jesse is my guest today because, uh, because, 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 because of the wonderful things he does. And, <laughs> and so Jesse has been one of my, um, one of my sane saving graces through this pandemic. Uh, we've been helping each other. <gasps> Hi, Nick. <laughs> we got Nick on the headphone. I, I don't even know where to start with this, but I Jesse know, right? is, Jesse Let's is an start awesome. At the beginning. Okay. The world ended and we had to figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> um, Jesse and I have been friends for years. He is one of my touring family. Um, we've crashed on each other's couches. We've supported each other's shows. We've supported each other's button businesses. We've ch- supported each other's, each other's burps and farts. <laughs> yeah, it's Jesse's, Jesse's good people. Um, I was actually supposed to fly down to Santa Cruz. I actually had this huge plan mapped out weird right like everybody had these plans that suddenly just went away magically like the last month so (laughs) so everybody had these wondrous plans that they were going to do and things that they were set in stone and i was supposed to fly down to vegas and interview some friends and then i was going to fly to santa cruz and interview jesse and play a show and then i was going to bounce to new york and all this stuff and instead i've been figuring out how to do things remotely so, <laughs> yeah, it's easier said than done to say the least. Yeah, well, and you know what? I never thought I would be hosting from space, so you know that's that's a bonus. Space is the place. Yes. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> that is Jesse a, has made his incredible return. That is Matt. He is an awesome journalist, also done Matt in California. Weird, weird journalism. Uh, yes. Yes, you even get to see her. Hey, what's up? Hi, Matt. How are you? Doing well. How are you doing? Welcome to the show. Hell yeah! I didn't realize what I was supposed to do. Yeah, you're on. You're on Symptoms of a Creative Mind with Sabrina Bastard. 
awesome. That well, is nice. Symptoms of a Creative Mind. I love with that Sobrano title. Bastard. That was a great title. <laughs> We're Matt Weir over here with Weird Journalism. We've all been admiring, I mean, from afar, all, all the art and all the progress that you've made. And, you know, clearly we're piggybacking off of each other. We're playing. <laughs> What is it? You jump over the other leapfrog. one. Leapfrog. <laughs> We're leapfrogging as friends. Yes. Yes. It's been, it's actually been wonderful. I've met a lot of new awesome people um, because of the work we've been doing together since the pandemic. Um, we've been hosting virtual variety shows and showcasing lots of talent, which actually Matt was, has been a part of. He's been sharing poetry and uh, yeah, we've been doing some fun stuff. I actually have another show coming up that um, my friend Nola Starr is going to be hosting from LA and she's looking for artists. So I'll, I'll tell you more about that later, but we're cool. Uh, yeah. Let us yeah. Know. yeah. More, more zoom casts. We're actually going to do like a $5 donation for a uh, minimum for this one, trying to drum up some money for some artists that are really suffering right now. So um, it should Absolutely. be, we're probably, I think the first one we're going to do is going to be on April 22nd and then plan for another one, April 29th. And we're going to get the ball rolling this week. So I'll be sending you info for that. Cool. Lovely. Um, so I have a question for you. I know this is your podcast and, but it, we're, we're on video. Uh, they can see me. <laughs> so uh, I feel invigorated. When do you think we will be able to book shows again in the real world? Oh, man. Just top of your head. Just guess. It doesn't really matter. I'm going to say probably after summer. Is when summer like June, July to you? I'm thinking maybe like end of July, August, maybe. I'm hoping August. I I want it to be the 4th of July. (laughs) Because that way I can still have a birthday party on my birthday. Celebrate your freedom. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Fucking journalist over here got the (laughs) joke. Yeah, no, it would... um, I think I think it's going to be. I definitely don't think we're going to be done with this by May. Uh, I think that July would definitely be awesome. I think any time to book live music and live shows, and I think that would be really awesome. There's actually been some really cool stuff happening up here in Washington where uh, there's kind of a live music alliance uh, getting together where everybody's kind of talking and working and telling legislature, awesome. "Hey, guess what? We are official, legitimate businesses too." And we need live music, so please let's some of that money that's coming into the state, please help us out. And it's been yeah. interesting because uh, there's been like people going, "Hey, that's not music isn't important," and they're like, "Well, you know, technically, uh, it still provides jobs for bartenders and yeah. sound guys and door people." Anyone and- saying that is uneducated. It's a whole industry, yeah. And yeah. on top of, I mean, you know, like it, it was a meme that's been going around, but I mean, uh, everybody's turning to art during this pandemic. You know, everything shut down. What going authors it's musicians it's artists you know like that's getting me going i don't i can't speak for anyone else but i know that you're everything you do i pay attention to all my artist buddies it's like i i cry by myself consistently oh yeah out of out of just like being like (laughs) you know maybe i'm sad but more often it's i'm just impressed that people are still uh, pushing on pursuing words I know you have like a million projects. You're always doing a bunch of creative stuff. Um, I met you when you were uh, booking shows at the Blue Lagoon in Santa Cruz. You're still booking shows at the Blue Lagoon in Santa Cruz and our friend has spanned over a decade now. So um, just for my audience, for people who don't know you and who don't know uh, the beautiful olive oil, please just you know, 
give me an, an introduction. What is it that you do? What are the projects you're involved in? And why is your cat famous? Because she is more famous than you are. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was like a bunch you. of questions. Yeah. Matt might be out, but uh, yeah, I'll pass back to you guys as well. So Bye, Matt. it was good to meet you. Dude. Okay, well, I'm Jesse Kenneth Cote Williams, and I was born in Santa Cruz, and I love playing music and stuff like that. So I uh, I've been in bands, and I never really had a plan or anything. I've I've just kind of continued to roll with the punches. Uh, it's like a snowball effect. It feels like I'm rolling downhill because the more friends and connections you make, the more momentum you get. But saying rolling downhill sounds negative. <laughs> but I'm rolling downhill if the bottom of the hill is the goal. There's no Sisyphus concept <laughs> going on. Um, I, I kind of forgot the the olive. Olive is uh, she's the love of my life. She's she's being a cat right now. You can't tell cats what to do. No. This is olive oil. She's she's a beaut. Um, I don't. I don't know why she's more popular than I am. Probably because she's way cooler. I have seen buttons of olive oil pop up in places that, like, they don't. They don't even know who you are. They don't even know who. Like, uh, someone had made like a punk rock kitty cat vest that had all these different cat buttons, and one of cool. them was olive oil. And I was no like, way. "Hey, I know that cat," and they had no idea where it came from. They, um, their friend had gone to a show. And I bet bought, it was vampires. Probably vampires. And they bought a button from you and gave it to their friend because their friend was making the vest and had the cat with all the cat pens. And so, like, it was just a totally random what thing. A small and I was world. Like, I was like, yeah, I was like, olive oil is like worldwide now. Thanks, thanks to vampires and the button. Vampires and Boss's daughter. I've gone on European tours with both bands. And, uh, you know, we brought buttons because it's cool. People like it. It, buttons it, are know. rad. Buttons yes, are buttons, rad. buttons are rad, <laughs> especially uh, custom ones made yes. by Zabrana Bastard. Or Jesse. <laughs> or Jess. The but, spirit buttons have, the, I, I mean, not to the focus, not on me, because me, but Jeff Hill from Machinist did a fundraiser to meet his uh, mortgage yesterday. And in 10 hours, he met his mortgage so he shaved his beard and his eyebrows oh wow that's crazy yeah actually it's funny because when we did the last uh, variety show my husband was like is he making buttons is he like coming in on your business and i was like <laughs> i was like i was like first off hold up i said it's such a competition i know i was like jesse's been buying buttons from me for for years jesse makes his own buttons he also supports other button makers and it's totally okay and for me like yeah, right now my business is flatline, but luckily like buttons, like I own Becca makes buttons and buttons are such a low overhead that I can restart the business at any time. And the way I see it is like, you've been trying to make rent, you're trying to feed your cat and everything else. And I, I look at this, like I'm still getting unemployment um, from my construction job. And so okay. I'm, I'm not pushing buttons right now because I feel like I have a lot of friends that I've been helping now and things like I bought a t-shirt from you and, you know, Thank I have you. other friends whose, whose tours um, ended, you know, abruptly and they were kind right. of left without well, anything. Well, like some kind of nightmare. Yeah, exactly. Like I bought their new album um, 
it's just helping out because I feel like, okay, right now I have a little bit of excess. I mean, it's not, I'm not rich by any means, but I have a roof and I have outer You're space. You're rich in ethics, Becca. <laughs> so You're rich in personality and kindness. Yeah, I would rather promote my friends that are trying to still make ends meet and trying to get their basic needs supported than, you know, like, hey, I would love if people bought buttons for me. It'd be great. Right now, my suppliers sure. are not working. Well, your anyway. husband has your best interests in mind. I mean, oh, yeah. bless his heart. He, he's, <laughs> you know, I can completely relate. Yeah. And then we, we, we also have like started messaging each other as friends that make buttons and doing like button buddy, like, Hey, how can we, what machine do you have? If someone orders something that I can't make, can I just push it to you? Like, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think it's great. I think behind the scenes, people don't see it. We're not competing. No, I think it's a great system. And actually I think that we all benefit when we work together more to help each other. Cause I know there's been times where like when I was on tour and I had like 10 bucks to my name and no fucking gas money and i was stuck and you were like hey this chick's on tour hey buy her merch hey can you help her out with the show and it's a whole like art art is such a community which is like no other thing which is why it's so important and like to have it and keep going and keep nurturing it and i'm grateful anyone that doesn't understand that is pure evil at heart incarnate (laughs) they're evil incarnate or they're just pretending yeah i'm gonna agree with that yeah i'm not mad at them like you're either perfectly evil or you're pretending or you're just yeah you could be ignorant there's nothing wrong with not being taught yet which you you know a child maybe the nice thing child i will say the nice thing about being ignorant is it still gives you the chance to learn ignorance is not an insult no it's perfectly okay to not know something because it gives you an opportunity to learn something and if you have not had any opportunity to join this wonderful world of community that is music. I highly encourage then you. Then we welcome you. Yes, we welcome you. And as soon as this pandemic is over, get your ass to a live show, any show. Just keep checking oh, I'll give it out. You so such you find a something. Hug right on the mouth. <laughs> hug on the mouth. <laughs> Big old hug on the mouth. So you guys just finished. Uh, I watched a little bit of it. I had dinner and other things happening, but I did get about 20 minutes in of your set. You had uh, awesome. Randy, the Randy Savages played today. and Oh, did a- yeah, dig it, sisters. <laughs> so tell me. We what- can't get loud. It's going to get difficult. <laughs> so, okay, without without snapping into a Slim Jim, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a big old convoluted story. Um, I, I guess one day I just really wanted to not be a front man front person uh i got really i don't know i was going through some stuff in my life where i just didn't want to like be on stage while the band is performing and i'm doing nothing except for like posturing and dancing ish and i just got super over it very quickly for one reason or another or many and i i was uh working a dead bar on comedy night so there was no one there except for the comedians and i just decided i wanted to play bass in a pop punk band because i had previously paid, played played bass in the orchestra at cabrillo college and uh, stand up like not electric like a, a double bass yeah or you know with with a bow like i was playing uh in the hall of the mountain king and stuff like that He's uh, a German dun, bow dun, or dun, a French dun, dun, dun. bow? French. So um, I use German bow. 
I can't even remember why I, I think my instructor maybe just didn't have another German because I think everyone wanted the German. I'm my, my heritage, as far as I'm aware, I never met half of the family, but as far as I'm aware, I'm mostly German. So I would have done that, but I don't think there were any more. <laughs> so yeah, French bro, who cares? Oh, good. Whatever. Whatever. But uh, I'm not judging. Thank you. <laughs> Becky, you're so sweet. And I announced to the comedians in the bar, I'm going to start a band and I want to play bass and sing and I want it to be a pop punk band. And of course they're like, well, what's it going to be called? And I'm like, it'd be cool if it was like Hulk Hogan or Macho Man Randy Savage. And immediately someone was like, no, it should be Randy Savage's. And I, I forget who it was. It was either, uh, I know Hamburger was there. And I don't know, some of the local comedian kids were there. And then I just heard like, no way it should be the Randy Savages. That's a triple entendre. Like you're Randy Savages, you're, you're Savages who are Randy. You get it. And <laughs> Just over so the I, top ridiculous. Yeah. So I posted on Facebook. I said, I want to start a pop punk band and I want to play bass and sing. And you know how Facebook is. A bunch of people will like and comment and say, like, Blue, I'm in. And never do anything. So this this one right here, he, 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 he didn't like. He didn't comment. He called me. He called me and he spoke to me with this voice. And he said, he said, I want to do that. And I had been thinking about starting a band with him for like five years, maybe. He was in Dumb and Had and Beauty and Discord and a bunch of other bands that I didn't care about. But when I did see him, I loved, I never saw him sing, but I loved the way he played guitar. He plays guitar like Erica Frias, kind of, like nice. like revivery. Like there's a bunch of, he plays guitar like a crazy person. <laughs> I'm and probably a crazy person. I'm happy with that. He is completely. You are a musician, crazy. so it is. Yeah. It is very probable. So our weirdness worked together, and thank goodness we can get along. We are a little randy. We could be a little savage sometimes, but it works out. Like you know, if you watch 20 minutes, you probably saw us argue twice. <laughs> At least three times, I think. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Bless his heart, he it wouldn't let us lock up. I wouldn't. I decided it wasn't going to happen. I'm going to say bless his heart one more time, and I'm going to get that phrase out of my mouth. So, well, the night, the thing, though, is so you started off to start this pop punk band, but you don't define the Randy Savages are not defined as a band. What do you actually call your guys? So we have been going as a punk rock wrestling accompaniment collective. That is a mouthful. It, it has evolved, so now we have a pretty fair Reno faction, and we have a, a wonderful Santa Cruz factions group, and they kind of just become an amalgam once in a while. Like when we go play the Fest in Gainesville, Florida, shout out the Fest, Fest Wrestling, the Fest. Uh, it, it is, it's better than Warp Tour. Sorry. Uh, That's it, not it, hard it, to do at this point. <laughs> well, it's better than Warped Tour ever was. Yeah. Warped Tour it, hasn't it, been cool since I went in '99. <laughs> so, I thought it was cool and even that was, <laughs> and even that was pushing it. I was too young to know any better. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, it's it's better than Warped Tour in '99, <laughs> and we're just so lucky to have uh, friends in Tony and Joel and some of the dudes that organize that. 
and just you know from touring with Van Paris and Boss's daughter, uh, doing multiple full continent, uh, intercontinental tours, you just end up. I mean, if if you're not a terrible person and you persist, you're going to end up with some really cool friends. I agree. I could not agree. Like you. (laughs) Oh, big loves. Big loves. Thank you, Jesse. No, um, you always make my heart happy seeing you. I've ran into you on tours. I've ran into you just, well, I ran into you at Bowling in Vegas. Family I've chose for myself. Yeah, we run into each other in the weirdest places and we're never surprised when it happens. We're just like overly excited. That that we happen to be there at the same time. So, and that I mean, you're one of the few people that have your your par is so much above and beyond most of the artists people I know, and you're so humble about it. Thank you. I'm always like, oh, (laughs) yeah. Thank you. Blushing. Yes, I am. Uh, In space. Blushing in space. (laughs) Blushing in space. For those of you that are just, for those of you that are just listening to the podcast and you can't actually see the podcast, uh, I have a background that is outer space instead of my messy art room off slash office slash studio so that looks great it's actually pretty pretty sweet background uh, thank you zoom for this amazing background and then my headphones it's like mission to control you know so it's (laughs) and you have a corona going on i know it's beautiful crap if anyone if anyone buzzes in behind you we're gonna let you know okay thank you Oh, the only, the only, nobody here but the dogs and cats. So, and so far they haven't figured out how to open doors. Oh, yet, I mean so. in space. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so not only, so with the Rainy Savages, not only are you a uh, wrestling collective, pop punk, multiple Nick is, I, I, I sold us short. I'm sorry for interrupting you. You're oh, the host, but. After Nick called me, it was it was done. Um, and he didn't know that we were going to be called the Randy Savages. He only heard pop punk band. Oh, so he gives me a, a, a ringle dingle, sends me a little PM on the DL. And I'm like, dude, yes, I'm so happy. You are definitely the guitarist. We just need to find a drummer. It took us a little while to find a drummer. We ended up figuring it out, blah, blah, blah. Drummers but are always hard. Unbeknownst to me, Nick had begun training to become a professional wrestler. How 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 was the timing there? Uh, January first, two thousand fifteen, and we started the band in November of two thousand fourteen. So without me knowing, he had been training to be a professional wrestler, which led to when the band was ready to play our first show, we canceled. We canceled our debut performance because Nick had wrestling practice. That's true. And, you know, we're a little wishy-washy, so we didn't exactly give him enough notice. So the promoter, I honestly don't remember who it was, so I have no problem saying this story. They they hit us, they hit me back, and they were like, dude, you can't fucking do this. Like, I've already spent money on promo stuff. You can't cancel. And my response was, my our response which I did without asking them, was, oh, yeah, dig it. We have priorities. <laughs> and that's wrestling, brother. That's right. And so that's when wrestling became number one and the music. Wrestling has two. always been number one. We are not a band. We're punk rock wrestling accompaniment. Punk rock first. That is true. I always Wrestling second. Accompaniment. We're the accompaniment. 
I always look at my dates for my wrestling events first before we accept any shows. They come first. Perfect. Naturally. And never has a band member been opposed to this concept because we're not a band. And it really helps with the stress. You know the stress. I was just thinking like that. What is stress relief? Well, and it's also, you guys are also very entertaining to watch because you have, you've got like the wrestling banter. And then you also, you all dress up like a different era of Randy Savage, which I think is hilarious. I didn't even realize that, but you're right. (laughs) Well, I think today we dressed up as the same era. We we don't talk to each other about what we're going to wear. We just put together our costumes. Outfits? Are they costumes? Or outfits? That's fair to say. What's do you really say fun? Suit? What do you say when you suit up? Like you're not my gear. Yeah, we put on our gear. Yeah. That's fun. You just pick your nose on your own podcast. That's so that cool. was my eye. It wasn't my nose. <laughs> oh, I looked away. Me. It was your Okay, well I'm gonna do my nose. It's definitely fun to have a band <laughs> where uh it seems like it sounds like something you joke about. Or like uh, you get in a group of friends like, hey, we should do this band, blah blah blah, wrestling. And then we you weren't trying to be popular. Thing. We, we weren't trying no. to play fest every year. We weren't trying to like lap some of the other bands on our record label. We were just trying to have fun, which is case in point, kids. Quit trying to be successful. <laughs> Go out there <laughs> Don't and try. have fun. Don't, well, that, if, that's if funny. you're trying to be successful, you're going to be disappointed when you blow it. If you're just well, trying to have fun, you're going to be disappointed when you're successful. What one would you rather do? Well, the funny thing about that, too, is you have a huge number of projects that, you know, you've been, when I first met you, you were singing for the backup razor. I know you've been on tour and have played with the Vampirates. Uh, you have your own uh, solo project, which you just released, mm-hmm. uh, I Tried, which we'll talk about here soon. Um, I really have to pee. Can Can you guys talk about me for a second? Yeah. Okay. After I come back from pain. Yes. (laughs) I do have to travel home, but I will do a intermission. No, that's fine. Talk about me. Oh, jeez. Your screen froze. (laughs) Your screen froze. Oh, there we go. You're back. Hi, Nick. Uh There we go. Jesse, Jesse stepped out for a second. We have Nick who plays guitar in the Randy Savages. So, for I guess. Hey there. So since we're we're on that subject right now, what is your favorite sure. part about playing in the Randy Savages? Uh, I think I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier ago. It just um, it's hard to put into words, but it just sounds like when you hear the band existing, it sounds like it would have been a joke passed around and not actually a real thing. Like I played in other bands where I'm like so nervous on stage or like I don't want to mess the song up or do I remember the the vocals or you know the lyrics? Like oh no. Meaning, like, I would get anxiety, and I started on bass originally because I told myself I couldn't be good enough to play guitar. My other friends were doing that, <laughs> and I'm the only one that stuck with it. And then I picked up a guitar, and then I like slowly started doing backup vocals because once again I told myself you probably can't sing. <laughs> so, it's, like, not that I'm like being negative about it. Like, I just honestly thought that I was like, well, well, I probably just can't do it. So, um, I don't know. I just impress myself i guess by just trying it and not like somehow just putting your guard down like okay i don't care i'm just gonna do it and see what happens no that's really cool because like you were talking about before you know the pressure having that pressure gone because you have this essentially kind of joke band that you don't take very seriously so you're more willing to be experimental you're more willing to try new things and to fuck off because you know if it if it all screws up you can just 
say a bunch of shit and some wrestling banter and call it good. Pretty much. <laughs> and then, like, a lot of the songs will, would have been, say the span didn't exist, hypothetically. Um, it would have been songs I would have been writing anyway. It's when it comes time to writing lyrics. I'd say eight out of our ten songs are going to be about, like, I get excited to write the lyrics. So I'm like, okay, what wrestler are we going to sing about now? What feud? And, like, there's not very many other bands out there. I'm sure there's a few. But it's just a nice break from the traditional. There's so many love songs, and that's just like such an easy go-to. And then there's nothing wrong with it. But I don't know. It's just a really fun release to be able to go back to our childhood and just relive those moments every time you play a song. Yeah. No, I I think it's fun. I watched the um the Bridge City session videos that you guys recorded, and it was just it was so much fun I've, I've watched actually probably about six or seven of the videos that are out now from various yeah, shows and and stuff and you guys are definitely fun and definitely uh entertaining even if you don't like i'm not a big fan of uh pop punk music but i actually do enjoy the randy savages and i would definitely come out to see a live show not just because jesse's in that it is awesome. but um just because it's fun i do enjoy wrestling especially the old stuff like hulkamania and and uh <laughs> Andre the Giant was always my favorite when I was oh a little kid. Goodness. You know, so he was, he was scary. I watched WrestleMania three main event last night. Actually, it's funny you say that. True story. Andre's not scary. Did you he not see Princess like Bride? Years old. In you Princess not see Bride, Princess he's Bride? not scary in wrestling. He was terrifying at times. <laughs> he, he was a bad guy. He was a heel in in wrestling. You're a heel if you're a bad guy, and you're a baby face. If you're a well, guy. he's no Iron Sheik. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's fucking terrifying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or New Jack. Yeah, that's that's a whole other level. New Jack <laughs> is my gnarliest wrestler. There's some terrifying wrestler. That took it a little a little too far. <clears throat> Okay, we're going to dismiss Nick. He has right. to bring his girlfriend flowers. And Beautiful flowers. Yep. Thank you, Nick, Thank you for joining much. us. Thanks for having me. And since we are we are doing this is a, the pandemic sessions, we're quite a bit more unprofessional than normal. <laughs> so. I love the pandemic sessions. That's such a cool story. <laughs> okay, we're, we're back. So... I, well, now that Nick's gone, and that was awesome. I love the extra the extra guests I wasn't expecting with Nick and Matt. But um, so getting off of the Randy Savages, awesome, awesome group. Um, you just recently released. Well worded. You just uh, released an album or EP called "I Tried." It's solo, and also you released a video with that. So tell me a little bit about um, what is "I Tried" and kind of your inspiration behind it, and why you decided to go solo. Oh gosh, I don't remember. Um, I mean, I've uh, I've always played just by myself. I haven't always. I'm, you know, when when you're learning, you don't play in front of other people. Right. And uh, Nick, who just left, let me sleep on his couch when I came back from one of the European tours. I forget which one, and uh, probably Vampires, and then. Uh, he would just hear me like writing my own songs. I was, I think I had a crush on a girl who lived in LA and I was writing like love songs to her. And he heard somebody was like, Oh dude, I wrote a guitar part for that. Oh, and we were already, we're already <laughs> in the same band. Well, yeah, he would be sitting in his room with his guitar and I'd be sitting in the living room with my guitar. And unbeknownst to me, he's listening to me playing along. 
And then, <laughs> so he's like, what do you think of this? And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And so my solo songs would become Randy Savage's songs. And I'd transpose my guitar parts to bass lines because he wrote different guitar parts over my guitar parts. And nice. then the words we'd just kind of make more wrestly. Like a love song would become a song about Miss Elizabeth. <laughs> it's not <laughs> about Jack. Cool. So but with I Tried, you only did one original and then you did four covers. And I remember you were telling me um, that they were songs that you really loved that you thought that maybe people that didn't listen to that style of music but did listen to the stuff that you put out might be more exposed to it. So why did you decide to go with only one original and four covers instead of doing like all originals? Um, all my other originals had already been released as the Randy Savages songs, or at least the ones I liked. Yeah. And I didn't want to, I felt like it would kind of be a cop out if it was all originals, except they've already been released as my band. And I, I thought it would be cooler instead of it seeming like, I, cause, cause in chronological order to the listener i'm covering randy savage's songs those yeah. aren't my songs so the randy savage has changed it just wouldn't really make sense and i'm like well if if i'm going to be covering a band's songs i don't want to be covering my band's songs and i had uh, written one new song that wasn't yet now the randy savages are going to record it but it's going to be about miss elizabeth and <laughs> i'm i made it about like the religion and my family and like school like relationships in school it, it has nothing to do with anything that's happened really recently like uh anyone that thinks this song is about them is wrong and <laughs> like with most songs <laughs> yeah yeah probably i think a lot of times people think that songs are about them and it's they're not which i'm a fan of yeah i, I really enjoy meaning of song being up to the listener Mm. so we try and keep stuff vague with Randy Savage is clearly going to be about wrestling. Yeah. But, but you know, if you didn't know that we were a gimmick band and you just listen to a song, maybe you'd be able to apply it to your life. And so with my solo thing, I had a new song and I didn't want to just come off as I'm covering the Randy Savages for the rest of the songs. So I'm like, if that's going to be what it seems like, why don't I just do what you have explained? previously and try and play some songs that I've been playing for a while so I feel comfortable and I also really enjoy the artists and uh yeah just to expose people instead of doing like hey these songs are also by the Randy Savages like <laughs> if you like my album you're probably going to check out my band too that makes sense yeah I really I really like the um the cover that you did of Airplane Over the Sea that's actually one of my thank you one of my favorite songs out right now that, that's kind of getting a lot of airplay, but I really, really love that song. I think it's just absolutely beautiful. And I think that you did a great job of covering it. And then there was, um, I'm trying to think the, there was another song on there. I can't remember the name. I think it started with an A. Uh, Apprehension? Yeah, Apprehension. That's a song I always loved. I hadn't heard it in years. And the way that you play it, I, there's a lot of emotion in it. And Oh, I, gosh that I think is, um, it almost feels deeper than the original. And I really- Do you really remember Todd, Todd Morgan? Mm, he was the, playing guitar on the backup razor. We maybe, you maybe never met him, but he was a good friend of mine that passed away. And we played that song at his like service. 
Oh, wow. Just me yeah, and some friends. Enough. I played, or I probably just sang. I don't, I might have like drummed on my thighs or something. Yeah. So, so that's, uh, I mean, you, you heard it. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely a lot of emotion in there. Yeah. No, I thought it was absolutely. He's the beautiful. dude that, uh, his ashes are in all these tattoos. We were in the same uh, choir and orchestra together. Yada, okay. yada. It sounds vaguely familiar. I think I might have met him once on uh, the very first time I stayed at your place. It was like in 2010, 2011. He was probably there when we were like cooking uh, chrysanthemum and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, we're all kind of, we're all shut in right now. Uh, We're all, we live in America. This, uh, I live in Washington State. Jesse lives in California. This is America. This is America. This is America. I just what a that. cool video. That video Dude, is so I good. Just watched that yesterday. We've actually been um, my husband and I have been watching uh what is community? You ever seen that show? Huh. It's made by the same creator that does Rick and Morty. It was it lasted for six seasons and it's got Chevy Chase in it. Never heard of it before up until recently. Okay. Because and, it's Chevy Chase thing. I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, it's the first season, not so good, but the second season, they kind of just like throw all the format for, um, for like comedy, uh, whatever those are called, uh, out the window and just kind of start doing their own thing. And you can actually kind of see how it would set the stage for Rick and Morty later to come. It, it was, it's really good. And it's, that was a really good sell. I'm definitely, my friend is a, a genius and he, has some website where like it's kind of like youtube but with all of the current stuff and i'm not allowed to talk about it but i'm gonna go watch that there yeah uh childish gambino he is one of the actors in it and he does that's like a rapper right yeah um his name is uh um, That's the that, This Is America, dude? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no way. You give me such cool info. Like, when you when you turn me on to that TED Talk, and then it turns out that she's married to Neil Gaiman. Like, yeah, the Amanda Palmers. Uh, Amanda Palmer? Yeah. What a power couple. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh, so cool. Yeah, she is absolutely amazing. I've, I've, like, honestly, I don't think any of this would be happening if I hadn't gone to see her uh, perform in Seattle last summer. Like, I was so well, disconnected. To Amanda. Yeah, I was so disconnected from the music industry, from the art community, and everything. And I literally, like, I never. You were a construction worker for like. Yeah, I, what, I seven honestly, years at least six, almost six years. I, I just said, like, when my divorce happened, and I went into construction, I pretty much just said, "Fuck my old life. I'm going to bury my head." In construction, I'm going to fix my life. I blame music for being the bane of my existence, which is stupid because music is everything. But at the time, like, sure, sure, I just understandable though. Yeah, I just needed to find music was the 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 like the elastic between all the negative stuff. Even though music wasn't a negative thing, it it can it can do that to people. Yeah, so I. I really had just buckled down and said, okay, I'm, I'm a construction worker and I'm going to work on myself and I'm going to go to therapy and I'm just going to figure out my life. And here we go. And, but my soul was like starving throughout that entire time. Like once I started to heal more from my Do you think the therapy kind of like what was, uh, like nursing, uh, not nursing, that word, 
uh, it's not a bad word. It's a bad example. Um, since you didn't have music, the therapy like kind of took some of that outlet and made it like, if you didn't have therapy and didn't have music, like you probably wouldn't have hung on so long. Um, I said that so weird. I'm sorry. So what I, what I, I'm going to say what I think you're saying is like, so like maybe I wouldn't have stayed with construction as long had I not been in therapy yeah. and had that yeah. outlet of, I think you would have gone possible. back to music sooner. Yeah. I'm, but at the same time, I'm glad. I mean, I journaled. I have 18 journals that got me through my divorce and a stack of self-help books and things that oh, actually helped me to realize some things about myself. And, you know, but I was still like missing I mean, I have some something. of your writings right here. Aw. <laughs> but um, when, uh, I mean, I put myself through school. I got an associates. I did some stuff that was really rad and I don't discount it. But the whole time, I still felt like there was something missing from my life. And it wasn't until um, two things happened. I went and saw, I vended at this punk rock flea market in Seattle, where this uh, puppeteer, Adam End, was performing right across the aisle from me. And like, I remember I watched one of his um, puppet sessions and that was touching on like women and like, issues with like how the world perceives women and it was so deep and so pertinent like I just started like bawling while I was like like watching this puppet show happen and when it was like a I think a two or three day um flea market and when it was done and we're packing up we actually happened to be parked next to each other and I told him I said you know what you're doing is so important and when you open yourself up and when you start to talk to people things just fall out of your mouth and I realized in that moment when I was talking to him, because I was like, I'm not like crying and telling him what you're doing is important, what you're doing is mm -hmm. necessary. And I started to realize that I was art starved because I hadn't been doing anything remotely. I like art. exactly know that feeling. You cry at the slightest stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're just like starved. Your yeah. your your artistic soul is starving, and if if you've ever been starving physically you cry a lot easier like if you're exhausted you cry easy and as artists if we're artistically starved a goddamn nike commercial makes you cry oh yeah yeah i mean it's 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 it sucks <laughs> it really sucks like it sucks yeah to realize you know that like essentially even though like i needed to take that time and work on myself i'd also just completely cut myself off from the art community well, you know yeah. I, I mean yeah but you weren't you didn't like delete your Facebook. Like we'd still like comment on each other's shit. You, you weren't dead to the artistic community. Speaking from the artistic community's <laughs> perspective, you weren't like gone. Like some people disappear. Like when they oh, do yeah. something that the community doesn't like, <laughs> they're gone. Yeah. You, you were like hibernating. In I my see opinion. that. Well, it's funny, too, because I had, like, friends call me up and be like, hey, Becca, I got this tour. Will you come drive for me? And I was like, I'm a construction worker. And they're like, I heard a rumor. <laughs> I was like, I didn't think it was true. And I was like, yeah. I'm, I'm, like, and I remember, God, for, like, a good two years there. I well, you still make posts. Like, you were still being encouraging in your own, you know, Zebrana way with, yeah. like, I found this skull on the side of the road or whatever the <laughs> fuck it was. Like, I remember. Yeah, I, I think you're selling yourself short. It's Team CB. Well, it was it was definitely weird. Like I would tell people flat out, I'm not a musician. I don't play music anymore. 
and the look on people's faces they were you never you never said that to me (laughs) no i didn't (laughs) you'd be like bullshit but i mean it felt like a lie when i was saying it but i was just so broken i just i just had to focus you know so when i went to see amanda's show i wasn't like a huge dresden doll fan i had seen the ted talk um about the art of asking that i said i still haven't looked up dresden dolls yeah i'm it's they did the coin operated boy if you ever heard that song it was like their big hit but um i had I've never seen her she does the little i'm sorry i keep interrupting you but she oh, does fine. those little snippets of songs during her talks that mm-hmm. that's the extent please gotcha. continue i'll i'll i'm gonna take oh. a bonk hit <laughs> you do you um, i'm in california this is legal <laughs> but so when i went to that show in seattle um i wasn't super um I wasn't like super, I wasn't like a huge fan. I respected what she was doing. I really appreciated the TED talk she put out. It made me think a lot, but mainly I have this friend Jinx that lives in Bellingham and uh, she was a musician, but she has this, um, she has a disease that there's no name for that has completely. Name it after her. Well, that actually is on the table. Um, that is like the worst yeah. thing to be proud of ever. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, but she's she's an amazing woman. She's an amazing friend. And I Can I ask loved, what the symptoms are? It's a lot. Um, but I I couldn't even begin to give you a list, but just to do just to go to the, the show with me, she had to come to Seattle two days before the show and stay two days after to have the energy to travel from Seattle to Bellingham. So it, it takes oh a lot. Yeah. It puts it in perspective of what it was a yeah. lot, but Sometimes I, wanted, I feel like my life's tough. Yeah. I wanted to see her smile. I hadn't seen her or hung out with her in years. And I knew that she was a huge Amanda Palmer fan. And when I saw that Amanda was coming and doing this tour, I was like, I'm going to get tickets. And Jinx was like, Oh, that would be so awesome. And I was like, Christmas was around the corner. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Jinx, let's go. And I bought the tickets and she said, okay. And I was like, sweet, I'm going to hang out with my friend. And what I got was four hours of the most powerful show I have ever seen in her doing her uh, There Will Be No Intermissions tour. And that, in turn, opened the door that made me start connecting with friends again, made me start playing music again, made me start going down these roads to where I started caring less and less and less about construction to the point where I was like, if I don't quit construction, I'm just going to kill myself. And that was oh where, my God. yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. I was so I'm depressed. I'm so glad you chose art. <laughs> right? <laughs> like art well, saved my life. I know we thanked Amanda already, but once again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So honestly, I mean. Oh gosh. How many times has art saved your life? High school? Can't even count. I right? can't even okay. count. Yeah. I've been writing songs since I was seven years old. I honestly, I cannot count how many times art has saved my life. Like. That's, that's so cool. So, and like, also, like, honestly, I threw all my eggs in a basket and that basket broke when the pandemic hit. And instead of, well, like my business is flatlined, like I mentioned, you know, but I had taken Mm -hmm. all my extra money and I put it in all these events that I was going to do. I had set a goal. Oh, I remember. Yeah. We were talking about how you were going to put the money from the event that got canceled into your Zoom. Yeah, but I still have yet to receive the check from that. <laughs> so, <laughs> do, 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 do. you know, if I see it, I see it. If I don't, I don't. Whatever. Right. It, that's, shit. that's the world we live in. 
shit happens. We have to keep in mind that everyone else is in this position or, you know, exactly. uh, It's not just us. Yeah. No, I took a huge gamble on myself. I probably invested about $2,500 into events that are all now canceled or postponed. And there's only one event that I'm supposed to get a refund from because a lot of them were smaller events. But I was like, nope, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do an event every month. And I did what I always oh, do. Oh, you balls to the wall it just yes, right at the wrong I time. Balls to the wall it. No, I'm not. I'm not even gonna say it's the wrong time because who the fuck is gonna predict a goddamn pandemic? Honestly. Oh gosh, don't get me started. <laughs> so I mean, uh, Obama did five years ago. Um, Bill <laughs> Gates did a few months okay. ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. done. <laughs> so okay, people will predict. I'm sure. I'm sure somewhere Nic- Nicodemus probably predicted some pandemics. And Nicodemus, <laughs> Nostradamus. No, there we go. Nost- <laughs> I, I thought you were naming one that I didn't know. Let's just say there's another. <laughs> Nicodemus. I wish Nick was still here. He would love that. <laughs> Nicodemus is from the Secret of Nim. <laughs> oh, also. I'd like to uh, dedicate uh, the the show that the Randy Savages did earlier tonight to the princess with no name, my first crush. The only time I've ever had reoccurring dreams was when I was like 11 or 12, and it was the princess with no name, uh, just like telling me things are going to be okay. And Like from the Never Ending Story? Absolutely. Oh, she gets, wow. She gets called... Uh, the the hero names her at the end like Star Child or something, but yeah, it's a princess without name. And uh, unbeknownst to me, my mom was like getting messed with by my stepdad then, and so a bunch of the noises that I thought were like normal noises, like uh, oh they're just playing, like weren't. <laughs> and so I think that was just my psyche being like you're not going to ha- deal with this right now. <laughs> Instead, you're going to have reoccurring dreams. Well, what a wonderful um, enchant uh, goddess, you know, enchantress to uh, come visit you in your dreams because Never Ending Story is a great fucking story. And The Princess with No Name is just the embodiment of peace and tranquility. You yeah. know, even when she's like suffering, she's still just like, please help us. You know, like, like not. It, it's like the little up. kid, cute girl version of Jesus. I could see that. I could totally see that for an analogy. Yeah, and a much better Jesus at that. I'm going to say because, yeah, I don't think she would like create any kind of violence or anything. Which Jesus had violent tendencies in the Bible. When he got pissed off, he had a temper. Right. Jesus did have a temper. So I, I can't see the princess with no name, like throwing tables or, you know. Better than Jesus. <laughs> I'm wearing an I hate God shirt right now. So I can't even argue with that. Like not even going to pretend like I'm going to argue with that. No disrespect, uh, uh, no this, intentional this... disrespect. If you do follow Jesus, I am just not a Christian. And oh, I do it's Easter it. right now. Maybe we should do a little bit of talk about this because I, I was talking to my mom, who was a devout Christian, and my uncle is an Episcopalian pastor who was in the Marines as a pastor. Oh, and, wow. And uh, 
most of the rest of my extended family is religious, except for one aunt who's a member of Mensa. She's not religious. Weird. Because she's very intelligent. And huh. it's weird how the smarter you are. Her and I share a birthday, oddly enough. <laughs> on the 4th of July? Oh, the 21st of July. Oh, 21st of July. You just like to celebrate on the 4th. Well, the 4th when I'm hoping that we'll be let free of this pandemic. Oh, okay. That makes even sense. If it, even if it's safe on the 30th of June, I hope they wait till the 4th. Because it would be such a cool... And then I hope they release a sequel to Independence Day, the Alien movie. And then I hope the next thing that the Power Elite does is start exposing us to disclosure. Because they've already done the stay at home. Like, they said we can't celebrate Easter. I don't know. Why can't aliens be the next big thing we're scared of? It probably won't be real aliens. It'll probably be, like, humans posing as aliens. I actually have an interesting theory about that. Like, Oh, let's hear it. This is why we're doing a podcast. Yeah, I was watching... Yeah, it's for tangents, wild tangents. So... Um, like we had a subject matter we had no subject matter we were just like i'm gonna do this i've been dragging my feet so fuck it jesse are you available maybe cool Let's i was just so happy I, yesterday i almost asked you if we could do this yeah i was like no. hey when are, when are we doing it because i need it i needed well i was dragging my feet as anyone who listened to episode eight it's just me reading stories so i didn't i was like oh fuck i've got to release this because i didn't even know episode eight came out yeah yeah episode eight's out i read um bullet of sobriety and uh believe in rainbows the story that i read at the end of our last show and that was that was the show because i was super depressed Well, at least you did it yeah i was super depressed i was dragging oh my my god and then i realized oh fuck tomorrow's wednesday and it was like 9 p.m on tuesday and i'm like i'm not gonna try and get a guest right now i'm just gonna do this and put it out and boom there's an episode so at least there's that and then i was like okay my I hat have goes to off call to Jesse. you. I'm not wearing a hat. My hat goes off to you for being depressed and still doing it because I suffer from depression and I know how, I mean, we're older now. We're, we're in our thirties, but I bet in our twenties, like that episode wouldn't have fucking happened. Probably not. Well, it depends. Right? I was, I was manic when depressive. I was, it, when it I depends was drinking, man. I fucking was like, I'm going to do it anyway. Fuck it. <laughs> so yeah, I, had, like, right. I did have a different. Kind of is it okay is it okay with like complete context and wanting you to stay healthy and stuff that like drunk becca was pretty fun i will say that drunk becca had her her moments yeah but when she was we also were hanging out it seemed yeah I've <laughs> she heard, was a trainer i've heard stories i didn't like but whenever <laughs> i was personally hanging out with you we had a blast <laughs> yeah i peed on i think i peed on the tree outside the blue lagoon not once but twice and that's like a busy busy street in santa cruz it's it, like it is our downtown directly across the street from the main bus station it is the <laughs> hub unless you want to i mean i don't know where else you'd go yeah i know like i was singing a song on stage about pissing on a tree and then i was outside the bar pissing on a tree and a bum high-fived me so <laughs> like, eat your I heart mean, out santa cruz i'm not even like those are some fun i don't actually i don't even feel shame off that story like to me that's just that's funny and a pure where's the shame yeah no honestly like even when i got sober um my whole thing was one thing i was telling people for like the first couple of years is that i'm sick of just being so out of my head that i don't know what's going on like if i'm gonna piss in front of a cop out in mid daylight i want to know i'm pissing 
in front of a cop in mid daylight and be like, Hey cop. Yeah, that's right. That's me. I'm peeing right here. Fuck you. And yeah, like instead it was like drunk me stumbling out of the back of a tour rig, pissing in front of a cop and then like stumbling back. Is this a real story? Oh yes. Yes. That is a real story. And was, were there consequences to your actions? Uh, my bandmate was very, very upset with me. Okay, but no legal ramifications. There were no legal ramifications. Uh, no, I'm Thanks actually... for putting the F in that word for me. Yeah, I am really, <laughs> really fortunate that me too. I have never been arrested. And that is... I got handcuffed and put behind and ticketed, but, like, I've never seen the inside of a jail cell. I, like, it is amazing to me how many times... My friends and I have been accosted by the cops, especially in my youth. Um, how many times have we been busted drinking under bridges, drinking in the graveyard, you know, as a teenager, and I never got arrested. And my friends were like, I can only imagine. They're like, you were there. And I was like, yes. And I was on the track team when I was in fucking high school. Like, I, like, I saw fucking red and blue lights. I was fucking gone. And like, there was, I would like meet up. Were you and a I'd fence see, like, jumper or were you? I was a fence a, jumper. Yeah. Me too. I would haul ass today. Sorry, continue. (laughs) I would haul ass and hop fences and just fucking go. And we would have like where we would. If you go in a straight line, you hop a couple fences. Anyone else that you're with got caught. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. I had friends that spent a lot of times in juvie and the drunk tank and shit. And like when we would meet up, there'd be like from the same parties. Yeah, we'd be like, (laughs) we'd be like. A few of us would make it to like some rendezvous point. We'd be like, yeah, let's go meet by the tracks. Let's go. And then sometimes it would be just me. And sometimes it would be two of my friends. And there was like 30 of us drinking. It's like, not everybody got caught by the cops, but everybody went in like just different directions. Of course. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I've never been arrested, which is just, it blows my fucking and mind. And now it's going to stay that way because you don't really do anything wrong. I don't do anything that really would warrant an arrest I, I think at this point like I, I pay my Me taxes either. I have insurance on my vehicle <laughs> I don't you know if I'm speeding I don't have you know like 20 pounds of cocaine in the back of the car <laughs> you know I, I learned a valuable rule is that if you're gonna break a, a one if you're gonna break a law while driving break one law <laughs> so otherwise if you're speeding don't have cocaine in the back of the car. If you're speeding, don't be drinking and driving. If you're speeding, like... Oh, right. Just have one thing wrong. Just break one rule. So if you get popped, it's not like a huge felony charge. Just something one of my... one of my Criminality um, and moderation. One of my friends taught me about some of his mistakes that put him in prison. He was like, so, I wouldn't have got caught except I was speeding. You know, so it goes, if you're going to do anything illegal in the vehicle, don't speed. Make that the thing. <laughs> don't speak so yeah so i've, I've been it let's, actually, let's get the podcast back to music because now we're just doing like the anarchist cookbook <laughs> podcast i so, want to hear about um the, your the music you're doing just solo with your bass because the first time i ever saw you perform you were um i think you were just a drive just a driver you were you were the transportation safety technician for the <laughs> athearchists that's a good one and the backup racer was playing a string of shows with them and um i think either a band dropped off or you were just booked on the show and you played solo with only your bass and this is a while ago yeah and it wasn't 
I think it was North Coast. Do you yeah. remember this? Yeah. Um, was that where we played upstairs? Like yeah, it was like, upstairs. It, it was, was a very room. Yeah, I remember it was a super narrow uh, staircase, and we had to carry Wooden. Dano's drums up. Yeah, through and it was like we we left them um, attached to the the drum stage the drum stage, and we like tilted and like that was a hell of a fucking job getting up there. But yeah, um, I was super scared about playing my songs and um i had tried to have a band that was called warp cocoon we played a few shows in tacoma but ultimately nobody was really available to tour or at least not in the way that i wanted to tour and i was still super shy i was still super i'm um, just i i don't know i, I suffer from low self-esteem i will say and so I didn't think I was like good enough. Like many of us. Yeah, I didn't think I was good enough to play. I think that's just a human thing, dude. It is. I'm actually learning. It's it's pretty much ingrained into the human you're, condition. You're your worst critic. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Please continue. Yeah, so it was actually through um, talking with Aaron from the Athearchists and working with them that gave me, like, the encouragement to just say, fuck it, you know, because I wasn't. I didn't have a band at that point, you know, because I left all the bands behind. He's kind of one of one of those fuck it type yeah. of artists. Yeah, and so one day I was sitting in. Uh, we had this place that we used to kind of hang out in um, in Northern California, in Castaic, and I was playing my bass in the backyard, and Aaron came out and said something to me, and I was like, "What did he say?" Uh, he just said something. Like, like, do you want to eat or something? It wasn't even like it had nothing to do with, with nothing music. about the music. Just yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I was like playing and I was thinking, I was like, maybe I should ask if I could open for a show. And I was like trying to talk myself out of it. And I was like, this is not. Isn't that a weird feeling? Trying to talk yourself out of something? When, yeah. Like you're the only person in the conversation. Like, yeah. I totally I, relate. I, I mean, because I mean, obviously the athearchists are amazing bands um and i didn't feel like i was good enough to share a stage with them but aaron's take on music was so like aaron loves all different kinds of music and so it was so i was like fuck it i'm just gonna throw it out there so i yeah he what a perfect time and place yeah so i was like hey you know do you think it would be okay to open you know just like play like three songs or whatever and he was like, I don't see why not. He's like, we're playing at the Doll Hut, you know, and to him, like any band is any band. So sure, go up on stage, who cares? And so I played at the Doll Hut to cool. a metal show. That's your first show? <laughs> yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, I think I played like three or four songs. And it was funny because, so I cleared the room for the, it, to start off with. But there were three people that stayed. <laughs> there were three so people it was a that real for show. <laughs> yeah. There were three people that stayed. One was the sound guy. One was this big, burly dude, almost like seven feet. And I went outside. I was shaking. I was nervous. And this big, burly dude walks up to me, and he goes, "Hey, deep shit, man!" And like gives me the knuckles. <laughs> And wipes, I'm like not even joking. It's like it was out of a movie. Wipes a tear from his eye and then like had to walk away because he was so choked up. And I was like, 
oh my god and then the sound guy from dollhead so, was like so why did the room clear the other metalheads couldn't hang they started feeling real. They're like, wait, no, we came to punch each other and, and get drunk on whiskey, not to like address our feelings. Well, yeah. Well, and even when like, um, it was crazy because when shit ended, because I mean, Aaron and I wound up being a band shit and like, I've, we're skipping yeah. over so much other people aren't gonna know but who cares They'll it's okay it out. i was in a band called shit with aaron from the atheist for about six months and when that ended like, i saw that band when you opened for mentors at the pioneer street underground thing in yeah. santa cruz and we end up having breakfast at denny's with mentors but yeah. continue. <laughs> but when when the band ended like one of the things that aaron told me that always stuck with me was he goes obviously you don't need funny haha you know, like, obviously... What does goes, that mean? Well, because, like, shit... So, I don't... Shit ended in a very... You know, maybe I'll just come out. I, like, shit ending is actually part of what got me sober. And this is something not a lot of people know. And um, we really kept under wraps. And I feel like it's not fair to Aaron. But I will say, like, I attacked him with my bass while under alcohol in San Antonio while we were on stage playing. And that is ultimately what led to the end of shit. It's, I'm not proud of it. I feel like I got goosebumps right now just sharing it. Me too. Um, I've heard from both of y'all. It ended a friendship. It ended not just uh, shit, but we had another project we're working on that was absolutely amazing. And, you know, it's something that I... I do not fault Aaron for not speaking to me anymore. I do not fault the divide. Well, maybe it's been long enough. You know, I if Beck, I want to give you a hug so bad right now. It's 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 a hard thing. Like it's it's really embarrassing. It's it's not. I mean, it was a huge. We've wake all up been call there. It's me. a human thing. Yeah, it's a huge. Maybe wake it was up call for the better. Me. Maybe it needed to happen. He was like a a weird person you know how sometimes you're gnarliest to the people you like the most because you're not comfortable enough and then you just sometimes well i've been there i've done too much drugs or alcohol and been a total mess to my it favorite happens. people because oh, yeah. little uh scared me wouldn't do that to the people that actually deserved it right right yeah no, it it was definitely a huge wake up call, and I have a lot of love and respect for Aaron, and I also accept his decision to not have me in his life. You know, and if that changes, great. Um, I'm sure we probably have a long conversation ahead of us before that ever happens. But um, ultimately, so. like if it wasn't for him, I would have never played my music live by myself. I would have never got over the fear if not for the experiences when I worked with the Athearchist and when I went on tour with shit, if none of that had happened, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. And I am forever grateful for those experiences. And it is scary to play an acoustic bass by yourself and sing some songs about your fucked up life to a room full of fucking metalheads that aren't expecting it. Well, you have such a unique performance. Your voice is super bassy. Like when people see you setting up their there's no one in that room expecting what's going to happen. Like no, no one is right. If they're going to assume what uh, Zebron is about to do. Yeah. I actually just, I played my first show in almost five years um, at the plaid pig in Tacoma in uh, November or early at the December. Plaid pig? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, 
It's a Sorry newer about. club in Tacoma. Oh, cool. I'm hoping they survive this this uh, pandemic. Oh too. gosh, I hope. I hope. Yeah, but I mean, I, hope against hope. But it, <laughs> even after a bunch of places in my town, a bunch of places have already shut down, right. and the bar I work at is we don't know um it's a family run thing so it's not it, it's either gonna stay the way it is or it's just gonna not exist and right. um it's scary but i do know that uh there is a famous scientist um D- dr ian malcolm that said life will find a way i agree and i believe art will find a way also we're gonna play we're the, we're <laughs> not gonna stop playing and we'll make our own venues like we always did. Exactly. Even if it has to be online for a while. I mean. I'm so you, proud of the music community for not uh, breaking quarantine. Um, like, even though my band did a live performance, it was three people in one building and we did touch each other. I, I mean, we're a wrestling band. I wanted to lock up. Like, <laughs> Nick and I got in a fight, and I tried to do a test of strength, and he was—he reminded me. He's like, "Nah, brother." Yeah. No. When when yeah. was that Doll Hut show in uh, reference to the when I saw you play for the first time? Like, how long had you been playing solo when I saw probably you? three shows? Because okay, think we, so it was very close. Then. Yeah, I don't know if we played Santa Cruz. And then Santa who Cruz. were you on tour with when you did the Europe trip? I was working for Bob Wayne and the Outlaw Carnies. Okay, I'm not familiar with them. I probably um, should look them up. Bob Wayne is a, uh, he's, well, he doesn't define himself as an Outlaw Country band, but his fans define him as an Outlaw Country band. But he's part okay. of kind of, he's kind of part of the Hank 3 family. Like he got That's his That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, he got his start um, working for Hank 3 as a guitar tech before he took it solo and went on his own and did his own so project. So he's good. He's, he's amazing. Bob yeah. is amazing. Yeah, um, I got a lot of love for Bob, too. Yeah, I worked for him for like two years and did two tours in Europe with him. So You did two? Yeah, yeah. I went hmm. for two months the first year and then the second, year, the second year we were out there for three months. Oh, so, gosh. What was your route? Oh God, dude! Off the top of your head. Oh, you. Oh, okay. So <laughs> all like, over your. Go. It was, was a tour. War. <laughs> but were you? I mean, when Vampires or Boss, when the voted best records bands do it, we have to do it as cheap and like you know we're DIY. But when I went and, and also when we did the U.S. tours, so I've done U.S. tours as like call it paycheck to paycheck tour. Like you yeah. don't know how far you're gonna make it. Possibly <laughs> oh. you're playing at a gas station. I got stuck in North Dakota once and it was mm-hmm. playing at an open mic night. I barely found that saved my ass and got me out of North Dakota. So yeah, I, I get that. We've been there. We've done yes. that. Then there's when I worked for a band of orcs who was on tour with Guar, where we were following Guar's route, which would be like, <laughs> hey, yep. and that's what you just did. So you were on tour with a person that has their, their highest paying demographic for that day. Yeah. plan like they they know already they're professional so you did a lot of weird drives and i was oh, yeah. a driver for orcs during that too so i we were in the same boat except you're in europe i was in the u.s and canada i've never done a tour that was linear that was 100 percent linear i have never i mean i toured for what? like five years solidly. but what about when backup razor and athearchists were doing stuff like we would have to do there was no way 
No, dude, we were wherever the show would play. Dude, it was it was crazy. Like driving the mobile stage, that thing got I think eight miles to the gallon. And I think that's being nice. Soul. You mean was... Robin Big didn't give you a bigger gas engine? <laughs> no. <laughs> I went since since like in the last year or two. I went to Aaron's house and got to see the thing, and it's like they're still improving it. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure he probably has some amazing master plan <laughs> that he's working towards. That that boy's brain never. I stops. don't know. It, oh gosh, yeah, he's a character. Yeah, no, I mean he ripped it down and rebuilt it at least three times while I worked with them. At least, you know, like gutted it, redid everything. And pretty just much for it. our listeners, if we're if we have people that are continuing this whole thing, atheists are a two piece. Uh, wait. If anyone's listening, they already know this. Maybe, maybe not. It's a two-piece hardcore and then band. Shit from was you and Aaron and whatever drummer we could find. <laughs> so, so when I saw you, the drummer of Mentors played with you. Oh, that was in. Um, and you had that giant like machine gun base. Yeah, the assassin. I still have it. <laughs> the assassin. Isn't that like incredibly awkward to play? I am a lush. Like it I can is. only play a Fender Jazz. Like I'm glad it's a it long neck bass. That, I need. I I don't know. I need to play really close and up here, otherwise I can't move around. And I'm skinny, yeah. so it needs to have that little cutout. Or it is hard hurt, to. It, it is. It ribs. is an awkward. It is awkward because it's light. It's like light at the body and heavy at the neck. So it is. It is awkward to play. <laughs> So, why, why in what world is that why didn't they just put a weight on it no, dude. uh if we ever get to hang out again i'd love to like fiddle around what do you mean it. if we are totally gonna get to hang out again you're insane and it's not gonna you're be in a different state though what if it's not gonna be in space California secedes? <laughs> then i will i will then the rest of the country's fucked. i will sneak across the border and i will veggies and and any sort of entertainment <laughs> No, we'll I'll be over here in California with all the internet. If California succeeds, <laughs> I will sneak across the border and play a tour, a total California tour for 40 days so I can hang out with Jesse. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. So, you know, I'll just I'll just walk across like, hey, or I'll like swim across through the Pacific Ocean and I'll dip dive down. I'll have you get an acoustic bass for me so I won't even look like a musician. I'll 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 dress in a suit and I'll swim and my no one will notice the tattoos on my hands and they'll think I'm a business person that's covered Gloves. in seaweed. <laughs> and I'll play it, I'll tour. It'll be fine. It'll be great. I'm so lost yet I'm 100% in. <laughs> I think I'm lost too. Oh my goodness, this show is so long. Um, <laughs> okay, so, let's let's hit a couple key points. I so, I released an album Yes. And I made a music video yes. with my friend Bobby, who's Weaveracious. Weaveracious? I don't know how to say it. It's on all the notes stuff. He is the security guard for the Blue Lagoon. And he does uh, music videos for rappers. Nice. Uh, I forget. If I think of it, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. But uh, he's done local rap artists' videos. Did he like do any him. for like Cali King? No, uh, okay. not that I'm aware of. That's uh, the only Santa Cruz the rapper I know now. So, <laughs> right, I'm glad he finally got to play. Um, it was the Crooked Family group, a uh, Santos 
Santos is the, the rapper's name from Cro- Crooked Fam. And they're based out of Watsonville, Santa Cruz, California. And um, he's, I just, I was bartending and playing my music on the house speakers just to like brag about it and try and hand out some CDs. I remember and, when you uh, did that with Backup Razor, so not surprised. Oh, it's a great move. If you have <laughs> access to a captive audience that you're giving alcohol to who are tipping you anyway, yeah. say, hey, this is my band. If you like it, like tip me extra and I'll give you a CD. Yeah, and great idea. I'm selling the CDs for $5. Dude tipped you 20 bucks, but I just sold a $5 CD for 20 bucks. Or I got a tip. <laughs> I don't know. However you want to do it. But um, he was like, if you ever want a music video, like I'll do one for 50 bucks. Oh, nice. Like, I, I have all the gear. And you don't say no to that. He did but that video for 50 bucks? I gave him 66 66 <laughs> but yeah, he wanted 50 Dude, he that's for, great. He said he charges 100 normally. And we did it in, it was supposed to be four hours. We extended it six because we were also like, he is the bartender at my bar and we were filming at our sister bar. So yeah. clearly we were hanging out in between. <laughs> and that's then... Cool. Um, Right, the album did cover songs to expose people. I wrote one song that I just really wanted to release. And at the end of the day, it was probably just more reasons to get Olive on merch and to sell those shirts. Like, I had the shirts, and the only band that I was playing with consistently consistently was the Randy Savages. Uh, Boss's daughter has their real bassist danny paul the the dude who writes all the bass lines boss's daughter is chris fox jamie locks and danny paul and it just so happened due to like personal reasons danny couldn't tour so there were other bassists that toured and i got to be one of them which i'm forever forever thankful for because it i became a much better bassist because danny's bass lines are amazing yeah Uh, nothing seasons you like tour tour all you always improve on tour i i had already purchased a plane ticket to europe because i was going to be their merch guy and then it turned out their basis couldn't go and we were walking we were in um lubbock texas and we were walking to the the like gas station to get beer and chris is like i don't know how this is going to work do you think you could play those bass lines and i'm like i'll do my best and if you find someone else, get them. But we're all going. Like Jamie, Chris, and I had our tickets, and Danny couldn't go. There was no possible way he could go. Uh, so, like, uh, I I ended up getting videos sent to me, and I learned as much as I could. And then I went to Reno five days early, and we did like no shit four to six hours of the band and me and Danny and Josh Pratt who also had played bass for them previously because Josh had to dumb down Danny's bass lines so I dumbed down Josh's bass lines that's the only way it was possible once I'd done that then I talked to Danny and he gave me some like uh technique you know like don't forget that there's like important stuff like Okay, yeah. yeah, that that that's good enough for voted best records. But there's, you know, don't forget to to hammer off that stuff like that. And it just made me such a better bassist. I'm I'm still learning, 
but at that point I'd only done double bass with a bow and pizzicat and in the orchestra and then the backup the the Randy Savage had only recorded our first two albums and if you listen to those on the record I think Jonathan our drummer replaced me some because I like was literally learning how to play bass and so I wrote the lines but maybe I couldn't perform them well I get that so so he he didn't tell me till after we released it but he's like yeah some of that's me and I wasn't mad at all (laughs) I, I was like thank you yeah, we, we didn't pay him. Well, and the recordings on that sound great too. Uh, the Randy right. Savage recordings sound amazing. I mean, and now like, I can play that well. Like it's not a total lie. But five years ago, I had just picked up electric. Like I was making dumb mistakes. I was playing whole songs on one string. You know, stuff happens. like that happens. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's got to start somewhere. Well, you I know? think it's important for uh, our listeners, for your listeners to hear if there's like a kid in the background who's discouraged about how they couldn't play exactly like Kurt Cobain immediately, which like, you know, that's not you can play like Kurt Cobain in one week. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't give up. Don't um, give up. Yeah. You don't even have to use your two middle fingers. You can use your pinky and your, your pointer and your thumb and you're fine, but just don't give up. Just if you want to, and if the thought of doing it makes you happy, don't get discouraged because it's hard. It's just going to be that much more rewarding. Give it seven days. Do it, the, do it once a day for seven days for whatever amount of time. I don't even care. Do it for one minute. But on the seventh day, if you haven't like enjoyed it more than you did the first day, go ahead. Give up. I don't care. Maybe you're supposed to be doing something else. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe you're a stockbroker. I don't want you on my stage anyway. Yeah, no, I always tell people, you know, when they do get discouraged about not being good enough, it's like, you know what, like, the difference between the people that are just amazing, and the ones that aren't is time. Like, yes, you know, like, even like you think about the Beatles, like, they weren't the Beatles overnight. Like, it's not like when I just saw God, what movie I just saw the dirt, which was a joke, the Motley Crue movie. (laughs) Well, that was funny. It was so stupidly funny. I felt like I was watching Airheads, you know, but about a real wow. <laughs> It was pretty yeah. bad. But I thought it was funny because they're showing like... Anyone that hasn't seen The Dirt yet, if you haven't seen Airheads, just go watch Airheads. Yeah, watch Airheads. It's way better. Um, if you've seen Airheads already, go ahead and watch Dirt. <laughs> but like I was watching The Dirt and like they showed them at band practice and they like fucked up the song once and then all of a sudden it just sounded amazing and i was like dude that is not that is not the way it goes like that's bullshit it sounds amazing the first time and then when you play the show it sounds like shit yes nobody just off the gate is just that amazing like you have to practice you have to get a rhythm for each other it takes a little bit of time but and in the in the other frame of mind, if you're starting out and you're discouraged, think of all those shows you've been to where you're like, this person fucking sucks. Guess they're what? Still doing it. They got paid. And there are other people in the audience that don't think that that's your opinion. So maybe apply that opinion to you if you think you suck. All those people at that crowd might not. Oh, you, yeah. That venue might still book you. Like... It, it's all your, it's like quantum physics stuff. If the basketball is bouncing behind you and you don't turn around and look at it, you don't know exactly where it is. And no. it necessarily isn't somewhere until you look at it. 
uh, that dude's cat in the box. It's alive and dead at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, So you suck and are amazing at the same time. It's just up to the fucking perspective. I always tell people, you know, there's an audience for everyone. Like, I have heard some terrible, terrible music that has its own solid fan base, you know, like Creed. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not even going to argue. They're, they're Nickelback. What? <laughs> not even going to argue, but no, I mean, there are some horrible bands. I What's like there? tiny, I like tiny Tim. Actually, That's I an inexplicably successful too. artist. Yes. How the there, hell did they get successful? They didn't give up. They didn't give up. Everyone. Weird Al, Nardwar. There are so many people. Yeah. yeah. You, you just need to allow your audience to find you and believe in yourself. I was like, I can't tell you how many times I have played for, I have opened up for metal shows with my solo project and cleared a room many times over. But then there's also those rare occasions where people that are showing up to a metal show that sees this this tattooed girl that looks like she's in a metal band, well, I am, but, you know, playing, <laughs> playing an acoustic bass, singing these sad, sappy songs about suicide and fucking people getting there, shooting themselves. And, like, fucking, my music's fucked up. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to Suicide and suicide. <laughs> like, I got some, some dark shit inside. But then there's people where it's like, they I'll love never it. forget that. I'll never yeah. forget the first time I saw you play. And I wasn't there to see you play. I was setting up my show. Like, yeah. I probably had the most reason to be distracted of anyone. And still, I stopped and was like, whoa, Rebecca's killing it. That was actually one of the shows. And I think, like, I think that was the second or third show. I don't remember when we went Santa Cruz after the doll hit, but I feel like it was the second or third show. And I was really surprised because I didn't clear the room at that show. Like, I think I had, like, a good 15, 20 people that watched my whole set at that, that particular that that show that I played with Backup Razor and the Atheist. Like, I didn't clear the room. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, I was surprised because no, I... I cleared the room with the doll head. Those stupid stairs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is that, but yeah, I didn't. I Were didn't we clear. in Tahoe? I did play in South Lake Tahoe. I think we did was play that, that show. That show? No, was that, that show in Tahoe? no, but I do remember playing at that show. That was a sweet oh. venue. But the one that was all wood, and we did up. Was it upstairs also? That that, that place. I we with the last time we played there as Boss's daughter. They have a basement, and we played I think the basement. I played the basement when I played okay. there. I'm pretty sure. And it's crazy Weird. because you walk in, it's like a fancy restaurant. Together, I can't remember. It's like a fancy restaurant and then there's like the show and you wouldn't think a show would happen there, like not a metal totally. show or a punk show. It's cool. That's awesome. Well, uh, Business owners. Do you have anything you want to get off your chest? Anything we didn't push? I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, so I just want people to be safe so that we can finish this and get back to, uh, you know, high fives and stuff. Bink. High fives. Definitely. I love you, Jesse. Please Thank check you. out our musics. Please keep on listening Look to the this links. podcast. Oh, and we're both on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Bastard and Patreon.com slash... Marketitan. M-O-R-K-E-T-I-D-E-N. It's such a cool resource, this thing. Yes. So please check out the links, support art, support music right now. It is so incredibly important. There's a lot of starving, seriously starving artists right now. And so uh, support the arts as much as you can if you're able. Definitely. 
And uh, thank you for being you. <laughs> oh my God, people. Thank you, Jesse, for joining me tonight. And uh, tell Nick and Matt, I said thank you also for their little cameos. That was fun. A little extra bonus. So, uh, totally. Thank you for uh, continuing to be amazing and doing this podcast and teaching me all the cool stuff you've been teaching me. I am doing the best I can. We learn together. Grow or die. I'd rather grow. One of the physicists says, physicists said, if the option is to grow or die, I think we should grow. And I agree. So, I accept. <laughs> have a great life, everybody. Mwah.
Yes, I wanna. Yeah.